episode 144 of the Biv and James Isle Show, The People You'll Meet. Radio, take welcome along to episode 144 of the Bevan James. I'll show you a fortnightly podcast on the behaviors that create a lifetime love of fitness so you can get all the benefits that come alongside it. Um, I'm, I'm pretty excited. Well, I'm interested in today's show. Today's show is going to be a little bit different to what I normally do because I'm going to speak for quite a long period before I do the main gist of today's show. And then I'm going to do a kind of a shorter main gist of today's show. Uh, and you'll kind of see why in a second. So uh, while the length of the show probably will be, I kind of try to keep the show where somewhere around 40 to 50 minutes long. Uh, while the length of the show will probably be pretty typical, the way it's ran out will be kind of maybe a little bit different. The main gist of the show, there is some, I think there's some good stuff in there. But I wanted to talk about something that's been um, really valuable for me and my life in this last moment. So um, I went over to, I've just got back, I've been over in Holland and uh, in LA. I spent about five days in Holland at a fitness convention, just doing some present, presenting there. Um, and then I went to LA and spent a few days just chilling out in LA, you know, just chilling out. Cut off a good friend of mine from who I haven't seen in years, uh, Got amongst some art and culture and got some good American food in me. Um, and then I had some time in Holland. And I was in Holland four or five days. And four of those, or three of those days, I was working. And then the last day was kind of a travel day. And the first day was a day off. And I wanted to use, well, the first day I was in Holland was my day off. And I wanted to use that as a day of some deep reflection. Um, I was actually talking to a few of my runners this morning. And I was just talking about this experience, of it, which I'm going to, in a, a lot less detail, uh, that I'm going to talk to you about today, but I was just talking about how I gave myself a day in, in Holland just to kind of do some deep reflection and, and some self-assessment and um, and just how I think that's such a valuable thing to do in life. And one of the runners said, yeah, but we, we don't do enough, or we never really do it. And and that, that, that is a, there is a real key point to this. I think one of the most important things anybody can do is moments of reflection where you've got the clarity and the time to do that in the right way um, and a lot of us don't do that but whenever we do there's always value from time doing that I'm sure if you're listening right now you can identify times in your life where you've had progress and it's often come from some type of reflection now that can be self-guided reflection it can be which a moment of disappointment that led to reflection it can be a mentor kind of guiding you towards reflection but often reflection does give us a bit of clarity around what we should be doing with our time and energy in our life and so um in my day of reflection and i and i, and I kind of really went deep into this but one of the things that's that i've um, life is teaching me as i'm kind of getting older is um this whole idea of how important human connection is. The importance of human connection. Um, when we think of some of the struggles that people have in life, a lot of it does stem back to that they don't have any real human connection. And, and I'm very fortunate because I've always been quite an outgoing personality. Um, I've always been someone who's 
never shy in front of people, quite willing to stand in front of people. So I've never really struggled to connect with people. But for me, one of the things that I've been trying to work on recently is this kind of idea of it's to look for opportunities to engage with all types of people. And this holiday was a really, well, it was actually wasn't really, it was kind of half holiday, half work. But this trip, it was a really good opportunity for me to kind of practice this. And it was this kind of this mindset of look for opportunities to connect with people and, and embrace those connections. And often there's many times in life where there's lots of connection points, but we don't open ourselves up, up to them. And I wanted to share a few of the connection points that I had on this trip. So one of the first connection points I had was when I sat on the plane to go to from Singapore to uh, Amsterdam, I sat next to this old lady who was, she was 89 years old. Uh, she lived in England for the majority of her life, but she was Singaporean. So she was um, kind of Asian looking, uh, but lived in England her whole life and um was this amazing lady and I sat next to her and you know most of the time you sit on the plane you might give somebody a smile but to me I was just kind of in this moment of ultimately I want to have deeper connection points so I thought to myself I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say hello and have a quick chat to this lady um and it was amazing it was amazing talking to this lady so this lady had you know I always find it fascinating when you meet somebody who at the end of their life you talk to them and you feel they have they got it right. And when we think about attitude and how attitude influences our experience of life, well, this lady just had the most ultimate attitude. Like she was, uh, you know, nearly ninety years old, travelling to America. So, so maybe no, maybe no. I, I was catching up on the plane with her on the way from Amsterdam to LA. So she was travelling to America. To see her family now. First of all, how many you know nearly ninety-year-olds travel by themselves across the world to kind of travel? But she was telling me, you know, she had basically lost her eyesight in one eye. Her, she was she she did walk. She walked. Told me she took, walked two miles a day every day. She walked for two miles or two to three miles a day, I think it was, um, and she'd head to the beach. And uh, but walking was a real struggle for her because one of her legs was pretty much buggered as her age. She had a problem with her, one of her arms, and Ultimately, time was winning the battle with her body. Time was making her slow. Time was limiting her experience of life. Like she couldn't see in one eye. Um, walking while she maintained it because she thought it was important for her health and her well-being and, and that sense of purpose in life didn't come easy for her. But the one thing she said to me was... The, the thing that I always remind myself of is not what I've lost, but what I've gained, or what I've still got, is what she said. It's not what I've lost, but what I've still got. So instead of focusing on, poor me, I'm old, I have lost my eyesight in one eye, or, you know, my limited movement, it's, well, look at what I still have. I still have one eye. I can still travel around the world and see my family. I can still get out and, and be on the beach every day of my life. And this was such a cool kind of life lesson to learn from somebody. You know, this this lady who I spent, well, I actually sat next to for like 11 hours, but, you know, there's a bit of sleep in there, so I probably talked to her for maybe two hours throughout the flight off and on. Um, 
I got to experience somebody's life just because I allowed myself to be open up to a real human connection. And at the end of the flight, she actually kind of, we gave, I gave her a hug. Um, and it was just a little sweet moment. And she's, you know, she said some nice words to me. And, and I'll never see this lady again. But that moment that I shared with her was real human connection. And when I think about the self-reflection I did in my journey on this trip, it was, that's the one thing I want to be doing more of in my life. And again, I am kind of the person who naturally is comfortable connecting with people. But there's a lot of times where I don't really take those opportunities on. And sitting on a plane next to somebody is another example of that. And actually on the way home, so when I, I had a flight from Auckland to Christchurch, which is like an hour 20 flight, and I sat down and I sat next to this couple uh, and I just said, hello, how are you going? And we you going? Just kind of opened up a conversation. And we spoke for the next hour 20. And they were they were a couple that had been from the UK. They were coming over to New Zealand to visit their son. Um, they'd been married for 25 years. And you could see that they were one of those couples that were happy in each other's skin. You know, they were they were happy in each other's skin. And, and as I spoke to them, I could just, you know, I was, you could see that. And so I just asked them, what, what's been the key to, to success in a long married life? And I think they were mid to late 60s. And, uh, and they just said, oh, we just really enjoy each other's company. And, and they also said that recently they'd started walking together. And it's something about going for walks together. They'd walk the dog for like an hour to two hours every day. And something about walking together just allowed them to connect. And they just said that they were really happy in each other's space. And then, and then and there's some other connections I had on this trip. Like when I was over in Holland, I was doing some work at, a, at this conference and I, was, and I was presenting with two people, uh, Patrick and, and Johan. Um, and they were both people who had been in my industry for a very, very long time. And, um, but they were both quitting in this moment. I, was, I taught their last class with them. And these are people who are kind of rock stars in their area. So they're rock stars in their area. Um, and I got to connect with somebody, I, you know, like I didn't just say, oh, you know, congratulations, it's the end of it. I, 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 I kind of wanted to explore with them what it was like to be in this moment. And one of them was saying he'd, he'd found he'd got a little bit cynical at this last moment in his career and he knew he needed to let go. And, uh, and, and in many ways he was making many courageous decisions. Like he wasn't just quitting his career, he was actually moving countries and going to a totally new part of the world, moving with his partner, you know, kind of setting up a whole new exciting life. And and then the other guy, he, he was basically needed more money and he needed a family to support. So he was making a financial decision around this big life change in his life. But I really got to sit down and, and spend some time again just having a human connection with them. And these ones are actually really quite cool because then we taught this class to like a thousand people. Um, and it was a real emotional experience for these guys. And because I connected with them, I felt more connected to the emotional experience. Like that allowed me to be more connected to the thing that they, you know, this very important moment at the end of their career. Um then I went to LA and I was I'm literally walking down, you know, Hollywood Boulevard. When I arrived at LA, like on a Sunday night at 11 o'clock at night, I was quite awake. So I thought, and I was kind of staying close to Hollywood Boulevard. So I thought, I'll go for a walk. I'm walking down the street. I'm talking to everyone. Like I'm just kind of connecting with people on the street. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I know this sounds kind of full on. Um, and 
Maybe I'm that guy on the plane that people don't want to sit next to. But I don't think I... Well, I hope I'm not, because it seemed like I was having genuine human connection. But one of the things that life has taught me, particularly with my running groups, particularly with fitness, is that we, we crave human connection. And actually, interestingly, when I was in LA, I went to a fitness, I went to a yoga class. I've had a bit of a sore back lately, and so I thought to myself, while uh, once I'd finished my work in Holland, I'm just going to give myself a few days just kind of more body care work. So, like, I got a massage, and um, then I just did quite a bit of yoga when I was in LA. And I thought I'd go to a yoga class. I don't normally do yoga classes, I normally just jump on YouTube or, or, you know, something like that. And I went to this yoga class, and the instructor was really great. Like, she was a very good technician of her job she explained the movements really well she came around she was a very good director of the workout um, and in many ways I could see why people would enjoy her classes but with, on my kind of place that I'm in with my um, you know this kind of journey of human connection I was a little bit disappointed in her class because it, like, it wasn't a big class it was in the middle of the day there's maybe 10 of us in the room and by the end of the workout, I hadn't connected with anybody, and she hadn't really connected with anybody either. And now, not not being too critical, because maybe she doesn't see that as her job. But to me, I would have loved to have been able to actually had some kind of connection with her, and some kind of connection with the people in the workout. Now, it's not like we had to be best buddies or anything, but to me, a great fitness instructor does that. You know, by the end of the workout, I might have got to know a couple of their names. We might have had a few laughs together. We might have maybe, you know, she might have done some praise, you know, just that kind of stuff. Now, when we think about the human connection, so, so I suppose the first thing to take from this, for me, is that I think deep down all of us crave that. Or not even crave it, because craving might, might mean that some of you aren't having it. Some of us have it and some of us don't. But deep down I think human connection is a fundamental need that we all should have in our lives. And when we think about human connection, there's levels of human connection that we all need. Um, sometimes it is just basic human connection. But but I also think that there is a deeper level human connection that we all need as well. So first of all, understanding that this is something we need in our lives. And again, I'm someone who kind of has that anyway, but what I've been trying to do recently is more open myself up to more opportunity for human connection where maybe I wouldn't have done that in the past. So being on the aeroplane is a couple of examples of that. Um, the, the, the group fitness ones probably probably would have happened anyway because I knew the people. Walking down the street in LA, I was walking down the street and, I, and there was this guy who was going from a Halloween party. And it was, he was this African-American guy. Um, he was probably in his 50s. And he had to walk, we walked for about a K and a half. And we just having a yarn. And, and, you know, I was just asking about his life and stuff. And, you know, I had this cool moment with this guy. Um, you know, I could have walked down that street and never said hello to that guy and not connect with him at all. And my life might have been fine, but... Actually, by just having a moment, we had a few laughs, and I had this cool moment with human. Now, so first of all, the thing I want to first of all reinforce is we need human connection. And it's important for a few reasons. A, I just think it's a fundamental human need. B, when you connect with people, it really breaks down barriers. Because let's be honest, we all have stereotypes, good or bad. 
it's kind of, you know, I don't know if you read Malcolm Gladwell's book, Blink, but in his book he kind of talks about stereotypes and how they're kind of ingrained with us. And Malcolm Gladwell is a, uh, I think he's Jamaican of origin, so he's, he's a dark man. And uh, he said that even when he was doing, they did this kind of test around racial profiling, and even he was racist because it's kind of these things are ingrained in us. And um, the greatest way to break down barriers, be it... Uh, around sexuality, be it around race, be it around um, uh, like wealth, either if people are rich or people are poor, be it any any kind of limit you put or any other, you're not going to say limit you put on other people, gets broken down as soon as you have human connection. Like you see people who are maybe um, against homosexuality and you see them often they haven't really experienced that many people who are gay. And then once they actually experience people who are gay and actually kind of realise, you know what, these are just normal human people who have similar needs, often the, the, the kind of biases they had disappear because they just connect with them and they realise, you know what, we're all very similar. Actually, there's a really good example of this. I think it was Heineken, one of the beer companies, did an ad campaign, which I saw just on YouTube or something like that. And what they did is they, they got extremes. So they got like um, a transsexual and then a, and then a person who was just the most anti-transsexual person you can ever think of. Uh, they got, I can't remember, they must have done a race one or they might have just done, you know, um, against a different kind of ethnicity. It might not have been colour skin because it must have been pretty obvious. But they basically did like five or six different categories. And you think of the most extreme person on each side of that, you know. So the, the total person who's had the operation transsexual versus the person who thinks they shouldn't be allowed to be seen as human in society. And they got them down and they put them in this room and they didn't tell each other that they didn't let them know the views. And these people sat down and had a conversation. And, and by the end of all conversations, they're all more accepting of each other they're all more accepting of each other and when you have human connections that allows you to see the world in a better light because if you have biases and we all do if you have biases and you you know you sometimes you walk around and, and you see people and you, and you know those snap judgments me we make and the 99% of the time incorrect you know when you actually connect with the person then you get to experience the real them. And then you get to experience a broader view of the world. Because to me, one of the other things that happens in these conversations that I was fortunate enough to have with lots of people was I, I also tried to make it, a, as I'm connecting with these people, was share a bit of me, but also just try to understand them. So, that, you know, like I didn't want just to, to, for them to have to listen to me about my life for a period of time. I, I kind of just wanted to kind of hear about their lives and kind of gain an understanding of somebody else's life. And uh, as I did that, that's why I got these kind of cool insights. But as, if I can get more understanding of other people's lives in many different areas, um, how do you think that shifts my perception of the world? You know, I've talked about this on the show in the past. One thing I've been working on with myself recently is instead of making snap judgments about people based on just random crap that's kind of in, been ingrained in me, I, the way I try to absorb experiences of people right now is what are the feelings they are having right now as a person? You know, so like I might see someone on the street and instead of thinking, oh, they're wearing these clothes, which means they're that thing, 
I kind of just see their face and think, oh, looks, oh, they must be concentrating on something, or oh, it looks like they're having fun, or oh, they're having a really nice moment with somebody else. So I think of the inner human experience they're having. Now, when we can understand others more, our life gets enriched so much. And as I think back to this trip, I think back to what would I remember from this trip moving forward? And there's a couple kind of specific moments I remember. Teaching to a thousand people was always a pretty cool thing to do, so I'll definitely probably remember that in the future. You know, I got to go to a couple of cool museums in LA, I kind of can remember those. But actually, I'm going to learn some, I'm going to keep some pretty cool life lessons with me that didn't actually come from me. They came from others because I allowed myself to connect with them. Like the Filipino lady, I'm sorry, the Singaporean lady on the aeroplane. The attitude of, I'm just going to keep focused on what I've got. What a great, like, how, how can I not keep that with me for the rest of my life? The couple on the plane going from Auckland to Christchurch, that um, the key to a long relationship is to enjoy each other's company and to find ways to keep enjoying each other's company. The, the excitement and courage of one of my peers to let go of the thing that you were previously so passionate about, but now you know it's time to let go and then to build a new life. You know, I had another friend um, uh, who I caught up for dinner, and, and this was someone I know, so it's a little bit different. But um, And he was saying he's going to wear bright clothes because in the past he was so worried about what people think about himself, but as he's become more comfortable, he like, he's wearing bright clothes, and it's just because he wants he likes wearing bright clothes you know that kind of that freedom that he's gained now i could have gone away and had this cool trip where there's lots of things i did which were cool life experiences and that would have just been the holiday but because i allowed myself to look at the world and how do i build more human connections i gained some life wisdom from a broad range of people people who there was a potential I would have never met. And I will never meet again. But actually, they've given me something that helps me lead my life better. And when we have great human connection, you know, there's that Dalai Lama thing, when we understand all or everyone's suffering, then our own suffering's easier. And I, and I kind of think, when I allow myself to connect and understand more people, my experience of my life it's a lot better. So I know this has been a little bit out there, but I think it's an important message. A, if, if and, and I imagine some of you might be listening to this right now saying, well, Bev, you, you've already identified that you're actually quite comfortable connecting with people. And, and I am. And I know that some people who, it's a real struggle. I do get that. It's not natural for you. Um, I actually have a client I work with and she, uh, they express that they find it really hard to connect with people. We've worked really hard on them. Just the moments, just to be more open to it. And it's worked really well for this person. And they've said it's been really powerful for them. So first of all, I think it's just an attitude. I think in my last podcast, I talked about how when Joe and I went on holiday, I just kind of had, what's the purpose of this holiday? You know, what's the purpose of us going away? And it was things like connection and reading a book and being creative and stuff like that. Well, one thing that I go now is, the purpose of my life is to build human connections with me. And ultimately, as a kind of a leader, I want to build more human connections for other people. Um, and so, first of all, be open to connections. Put in your mind that part of your, your job and your life experience is to build human connections. And then secondly, look for opportunities. 
Well, let's be honest, most of us when we go to plane, what do we do? Nowadays we grab our phone. But you could be sitting with someone who you could build a connection with. Like, imagine where that could go. Imagine what you could learn. Imagine the insight they could give you. Imagine what you could give them. Like, I don't know what those around me got from my connection with them, but maybe they got something from me. I'm pretty sure they would have, because that's how human connection works. And then lastly, when you're in those moments of connection, spend a bit of time sharing some of you, but also spend a bit of time understanding them. Because that's kind of what connection is about. It's not just my expression. It's not just their expression. It's that sharing of the true self. So hopefully you take something from that and, and maybe challenge yourself to do some work on this because I think it's such such an important thing. You know, like in this world where depression rates are going up and stuff like that and we're all so time poor, genuine human connection is one of the cures to a healthy life. So um, that, I told you it was going to be a long first section. Look, I'm already 25 minutes into the show. So I am going to do a shorter main gist of the show today but i just want to say a big thank you to all the patrons of the show i'm just going to pull the names up right now if you want to become a patron of the show just go to bevanjamesisles.com and you'll see there's a link to the patreon page excuse me the patreon page <coughs> and go there click on the link and every time i release a show Basically what will happen is you donate whatever you want to donate to the show each time I release the show. And when you do become a patron of the show, you get a cool nickname. And one of the people who gets a cool nickname today, already has a cool nickname, these are some of the people, Anna Do It Dungy. Now Anna, I think I saw you biking up the hill this morning. I think you have a very bright, I can't remember what the brand of the bike, it might have been Trek, uh, bike. And I was, right, I was coming home from coaching the runners this morning and I saw a bright bike riding up the hill. And as I got closer, I thought, that's Anna Do It Dungy. So... Well done, Anna. I'm pretty sure that she's pretty hardcore, Anna. We've got Amanda, super duper amazing Amanda. We've got Ali Brown, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. We've got Priscilla King, love me tender. We've got Esther, the golden one, Chen Green. We've got Sam, squiggly, wiggly arms green. We've got Olivia, Wondergill, Alice Garland. And we've got Sean, Dr. Sustain Barnes. These are all people who are patrons of the show. If you want to become a patron of the show, go to bevanjamesisles.com. It's all very clear. Just click on the link, go through the Patreon link, and then you are as good as gold. And basically, just support me and what I'm doing on this show. And for those who are patrons, I really appreciate the support you give me on the show. It really does mean a huge amount to me. Right up, I'm going to put some music on. We're going to get into the main gist of today's show. Here we go. There's a statement I want you to think about, um, a sentence starter that I'm going to throw at you, and I want you to think about how you use the sentence starter and what would normally follow this up, and there's probably going to be a few different examples, um, and I just want you to think about this right now as you listen to this. Okay. So the sentence starter I want to start with is, I'm the kind of person who, I'm the kind of person who. Now what I want you to do is I want you to think about that sentence and I want you to think of a social situation that you're in. So you're at a party and uh, people will talk about a certain subject. So we'll throw a few different subjects out there. Um, diet. How, how would that sentence start to finish around diet if you're at the party? I'm the kind of person who... Actually, interesting example, I was talking to one of my runners this morning 
and he's saying, oh, I need to lose a little weight. And I, and I, you know, I don't, I don't want to tell him how to lose weight. I said, oh, what, what works for you in weight loss? And he goes, well, I'm the kind of person who struggles with sugar. So, you know, losing a bit of sugar would really help me. So I'm the kind of person who. So around diet, what would be the finish of that sentence starter for you? I'm the kind of person who. What around exercise? I'm the kind of person around exercise. What would be the completion of that sentence? Again, put yourself in a party situation or you're at a work function or you're just talking to someone who you knew that you're connecting with on the airplane. Um, I'm the kind of person who around exercise. What about career or problem solving? Let's say problem solving. Career is quite a big, broad subject, but problem solving is a big part of a career, isn't it? So I'm the kind of person who around career. Have a think about the answers. What about I'm the kind of person who around relationship? Friendship or, or relationship as in someone you're deeply connected with or family members. Um Creative. I'm the kind of person around who around creative. Now, when we think about these sentence starters, the examples I've tried to get you to to explore here is what you would tell other people. And we looked at what have we looked at? We looked at nutrition. We looked at exercise. We looked at creative, relationship, problem solving. There's many areas to. But the way you answer and express this to your external world is often quite revealing about how we see ourselves. I'm the kind of person who does this, this, and that. Ultimately, it's quite revealing, isn't it? Because really what you're expressing to your world is how you behave. I'm the kind of person who struggles with sugar. Okay, well, that's an obvious indication of that person's behavior. I'm the kind of person who could never be creative on the guitar. You know, when I like I play music, I'm always encouraging people to play music. And the amount of time you speak to an adult says, oh, I'm the kind of person who just doesn't get music. Well, it's just a skill. (laughs) Um, So the first thing I've got you to hear is think about how you express it to your external world. But I want you to dig a little bit deeper right now. I want you to think about this as in the internal dialogue you have within your own head. So maybe think of those same subjects again. Think about how you would answer those just in your own head. Because I imagine maybe there's more of an honest answer in your own head. Maybe it's not. Maybe you do express quite openly to your external world around the, you know, that, that, that statement of I'm the kind of person who. Now, I was working with a client recently. So, yeah, so maybe just before I move on, just start to think about the way you would answer that just in your own head. So it's more of that private conversation we all have with ourselves. And I'm the kind of person who, and, and choose some areas that you want to work on. It might be diet, it might be exercise, it might be creativity, relationship, or problem solving. But just any area, you know, that, that you feel is important to you. And you may even want to pause and come back in a few minutes and just kind of think about how you look at yourself in these different areas. Why is why why have I started with this today? Well, a few weeks ago I was doing a session with a client and we were talking about this and I kind of came up with this concept of your personal standard statements and that's what I'm going to call this, your personal standard statements. It's kind of the statements that represent the standards you maintain to yourself. The statements that kind of represent the standards you maintain to yourself. And these can be, as I've already identified, external or internal. Now, sometimes, 
I've just got a little piece of paper here. I've, been, I've made some notes because I'm a good podcaster. Uh, sometimes when we think about personal standard statements, um, they can represent the higher version of you. So, I'm the kind of person who never struggles to get out the door of exercise. That's that's me. That's that's very true of me. I, I can't really re- remember the last time I struggled to get out the door of exercise. So that's representing a higher version of me, isn't it? You know, whereas somebody else, they might, you know, they might say, I am somebody who can never get out the door of exercise. So the version that I shared of myself there is, I'm the, that's a when I'm being that's a higher version of me. Now, the person who doesn't get out the door, that sometimes reveals areas of yourself you need to work on. Now, I'm not going to say it's a bad thing. It's just, it's an opportunity for you to work on an area. So for the person who says, I'm the kind of person who can never get out of exercise, instead of saying, well, that means you suck at exercise, it's just about going, you know what? This is a good work on area for me. Obviously, I need to change this area of my life because it's showing an area where I am limiting myself. So the kind of next thing I want you to think about in today's podcast is when you think about your personal standard statements, which ones are really good for you? Like my example of I'm the kind of person who never struggles to get out to exercise. That's showing a higher version of me. Um, I, I'm like I'm just thinking of a couple in my head. Um, I'm the kind of person who delivers. That's, that's something I, I, you know, I don't often say that out loud to people, but in my head, I have this thing that if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to deliver. I'm going to deliver on time. I'm going to deliver it with, with a standard that I'm really proud of. Um, I like it. when I got asked to go to Holland. Uh, I know that when somebody asks me to go overseas to do work, I'm going to do the work it takes to do a great job when I'm there. I'm the kind of person who delivers. So that's 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 a statement that represents a higher version of myself. One statement that I've often expressed on this podcast that reveals a work on for me is, I struggle to be creative with a piano. Okay, that's, that's a personal statement that I have within my head and sometimes that I express to my world that shows a work on area in my life. So I'm the kind of person who delivers, shows an area of a higher version of myself. And then um, I struggle to be creative with piano is an area of work on for me. Now you, when you think about these personal standard statements, or actually, no, what the, before I move on, I would highly recommend you pause and give yourself a minute just to think about the standard statements that you use to yourself. Um, The ones that are showing a higher version of yourself and the ones that reveal a work on for you. Like I, I would highly recommend just pause, just pause for a second and just spend a few minutes just going through, okay, well, which ones are really good for me? You know, because that was what I found with my client. The client I was working with a couple of weeks ago, they've got some high, some areas where they just, they deliver. They're very good at their career. So, that, you know, like me, they kind of have that thing of I deliver. Um, you know, so they just, they've got some amazing high standard statements. And then they had some areas where they struggled in life and they got some work-ons. Um, so I think, you know, pause, take a moment, and then kind of come back, and I'll, I'll move on from this bit right now, but come back and identify just, what are the ones that are really working for me? And what are some that reveal some work-ons for me? Hopefully you've paused and now you've come back. Um, so with the work, the ones that are great, what's really interesting is so if you've paused and you've taken a moment to just to identify the ones that work, that represent the higher version of you, what's the behaviours that go along with that? What's the behaviours that go along with that personal standard statement that shows a higher version of you? 
So going back to I Deliver. So I just been to Holland. I was presenting at a workshop over there, um, and to me, as someone who's been in my game for a long time, there's a series of behaviours I need to do that mean when I get up on stage to present at this workshop, I can do the best job I can possibly do. Uh, so, for example, it meant that before I went away, I learned all the work that I needed to do really well. But it also meant that each day before I taught, I gave myself an hour to actually practically go through what I had to go through, and then to do some visualization before I actually got up on stage and did the work that I needed to do. And why did I do that? Well, I do that because I'm the kind of person who delivers. So, for me, like I remember a while ago, I do a bit of public speaking, and a while ago I was speaking to a lady, and she also did some public speaking, and, and she goes, oh, do you do much preparation? And I said, oh, yeah, I, I, when I get up and do a public talk, I would have done that talk, you know, hours and hours in my lounge, just to know the beats of the talk. And she goes, oh, I just kind of wing it. And for me, I wouldn't do that, because I'm the kind of person who delivers. So in delivering it means there's behaviours that come alongside that. With public speaking it means I'm going to stand in my lounge and do my talk over and over again to, to know my beats so that when I get up I deliver a natural talk that helps my audience in a way I want to help them. Or when I'm in Holland I do the choreography work, I do my practice work so when I get on stage I can be present with the class. Why? Because I'm the kind of person who delivers. So because I see myself in that light there's a flow on of behaviours that come with that. When you think about the areas that you've identified where you have strong personal standard statements, what are the behaviours that flow on from that? What are the behaviours that flow on from that? Now, I don't know your answers, but obviously it's what I'm trying to get you to think about right now. But you can see that when you have high personal standard statements, it leads to great behaviours. And ultimately what we're saying here is that when you have high personal standard statements, you have an identity that leads to higher behaviours. And then when we think about the areas like mine around areas that reveal areas to work on, I struggle with creativity and piano. So what are the behaviours that flow on from that? Well, I, I'm really good at practising piano. I don't lack the discipline of practice, but I really limit the creativity time I do. So the flow-on effect is I don't really do that much creative work with the piano. And deep down, it's one of the reasons I want to play piano. Like, I, I want that. I desire it. Like, the person who says, I suck at exercise, deep down, they probably do want to have exercise in their life. Like, a lot of people tell me they hate exercise, but not many people tell me that they wouldn't want to have exercise in their life. They may not have it in their life, but deep down, I think they would want to have it. That's like me with my piano. Deep down, I do want to be creative with piano, but because I have this personal statement, the flow-on effect is the behaviours don't really represent me growing in this area. So when you think of the ones that you've kind of identified when I got you to pause before, the ones that reveal some areas to work on, what are those for you? Now, obviously for me, it's more creative time than piano, but what are those for you when you think of the areas that you identified? Now, once we've got this, the question kind of comes, well, with the areas that you're strong, we'll just keep reinforcing them, really. The ones that take you to a higher place, you're doing great. If anything, look for the evolution. So for me, how do I be more prepared? How do I deliver at a higher level? Is a good question for me to explore and go with. But for others, for the areas where the reveals, reveals areas to work on, we want to find new personal standard statements. And these are going to be a little bit of a fake it till you make it. Let's be honest. 
Because just because you say something doesn't necessarily mean you believe it. So if I were to say um, for piano, and let's just kind of make up one right now, um, I enjoy being creative and it's something I prioritize in my playing, you can kind of see how that personal standard statement can lead to different behaviors. So instead of saying, I struggle with creativity with piano, I enjoy being creative and I prioritize some of this time in my playing, allows me to open up to a new set of behaviors. And when we go back to the whole idea of this is an area, it's revealing an area to work on, ultimately for me with piano, what I want to be able to do is spend more time being creative, because I imagine that if I do that, then I'm going to have more success being creative, and over time, my personal standard statement will become, I am creative on piano. So right now, what's that personal standard statement that I need to sit in that ultimately shifts my behaviors slightly that allows me to be more creative when I play piano? For the person who says, I suck at exercise, well, that's such a limiting statement. So there's a work on here. So a, a better personal standard statement would be, I'm somebody who's open to exercising and I allow myself to do it in a way where I build on success with the right intensity. So you can see how that statement shifts your behaviors. And that's kind of the next thing that I want to reinforce is that in the areas where our, our statement of I'm the kind of person who reveals that there's some work on for us, we need to shift the way we communicate in that area. And we need to find a way to communicate that would open us up to behaviors that would build to a different pattern in your actions which would ultimately shift the way you see yourself in the area that you need to work on. So if I go back to my piano one of, um, I enjoy being creative and I'm going to put some time into it. Well, the flow on effect is I'm going to spend more time being creative. And then I'm going to have some wins being creative. And like I said before, over time, I'm going to be more creative and ultimately I'll see myself as a creative soul on the piano. Now, obviously, this is going to take some work. But you can, can you see how this works? Like imagine go right back to the start of this part of the podcast where I said, I'm going to put a sentence starter out in front of you. And I'm the kind of person who. When you think of those ones that are revealing areas you can work on, what would your life be like if you had shifted them so those areas are also an area that represents a higher version of you? Because I want to be a creative person or, or musician because I do think I'm creative in other areas, but I, I want to be a creative musician. I really do. So that would make my life better, wouldn't it? If you can practice these, these tools, and, and the process we're introducing today is, first of all, revealing the areas where your personal standard statements show you need to grow. Reinforcing the good ones, revealing, so you know, going through that process. Trying to find a new statement that opens you up to new behaviors. So the example I shared was, I'm not creative on the piano. The one I'm going with is I enjoy being creative and I, and I put time into being creative. And then from there, um, try to act upon that statement. And, and, and this is where the fake it to the make it bit kind of happens. Like your, your old statement's probably going to pop up. Oh, I'm bad at exercises. It's going to pop up. I'm not a creative person. It's going to pop up. But your job is to go, well, back it up. It's almost like you're a knight in the realm. You, you pull out the sword and you go, I'm just going to slash this one down and I'm going to put this one in front of me. And, and the new statement you come up with, your job is to act upon the new statement. 
Because if you do, you'll build wins, which you'll build with success, which you'll build a new set of beliefs. And then ultimately, in the long term, you're going to get to a point where your new standard statements actually represent the higher version of you in an area where maybe you didn't think was ever possible. And if you do that, well, you'll be a higher version of yourself. Alrighty, I think that's the main gist of today's show done and dusted. Um, hopefully you got something from today. I, I, I do challenge you to, to have more human connections. I really do. I, like I was saying in that last section there, you know, like lots of people might say they don't, they're no good at exercise or they don't like exercise. But I think if you ask everyone, would you want to have exercise in your life if you could be successful with it? I reckon everyone's going to say yes. And same with human connections. Do you want good quality human connections in your life? Why would you say no? Now, I might be wrong. Some people might be saying no, but to me, I just can't comprehend it. I think our life is more enriched when we have those. So hopefully you've taken away some stuff from today. And as I always say, this other stuff only works if you actually allow yourself to progress in these areas. So just to recap, human connection is really important. And then learn about your personal standard statements and do the work in those areas because it's really important stuff. Uh, if you want to support the show, go to bevanjamesisles.com. You can become a patron of the show. Uh, if you want to uh, email me, you can email me at bevanjames at gmail.com. Um, spread the word about the show. You know, tell now it's interesting actually because I've been doing podcasts since 2006, I think it is. Um, and nowadays they seem to be a lot more popular. And so, a lot of more, you know, when I first started podcasting, you had to spend half your time describing what a podcast was and how people can access them. Like, I remember every podcast, you know, when I first started my first podcast, you'd always have to have a page of what is a podcast and how do you use it. And it was quite a detailed page because most people didn't even know what a podcast is. But let's be honest, podcasts are, are very much on the social consciousness nowadays. So um, a lot of people are looking for good podcasts. And if you enjoy my podcast, by all means, just let your people know, hey, here's a cool podcast that helps you think about fitness and health in a different kind of way. Because let's be honest, I don't know if there's many other podcasts that are talking about fitness and health in the way I do. Now, again, I don't listen to every podcast. Hopefully there is because I think this is a much better message than six-pack abs. I've got to say, I'm, I'm doing a show today. I, I live on a kind of a hill and I've got this, um, it's almost like a little kind of cul-de-sac just below me. And today, throughout the whole session today, <laughs> as I've been doing this, there's this group of about four or five kids and it's all like they're doing this little running loop. Over, I wouldn't say it's a hill, it's kind of a little loopy bit of a hill. They go running up and down. It's, there's got a bit of development happening in front of us. So there's, there's kind of some land and some houses being built. And uh, there's these little kids running up and down and it's a very hot day outside. And I love it. <laughs> it's this little four-year-old or five-year-old who's struggling behind his older kids. They run up and down having good fun together. It's... it's kind of good stuff uh, that's going to be me for today's show I'll see you guys in a couple of weeks time once again uh, thanks for the support and spread the show the word about the show and I'll see you I'm going to go join the kids for a run there you go I'll see you guys in a couple of weeks time <laughs>